Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Friday, the 16th of September, 2022. Final day of the working week. Looking forward to the weekend. And next week is a very short week, given that we've got two public holidays here in Victoria. One is because of the grand final next weekend, and the other on Thursday, I think it's Thursday. Yep, Thursday is the National Day of Mourning for Queen Elizabeth. Uh, so, very short week next week, but uh, we'll still be recording podcasts as we go through. So, I trust you've had a phenomenal week and looking forward to a restful weekend wherever you happen to be in this world. So, in today's podcast, as we wrap up the week, had a conversation this morning, ran a short workshop for a group of people, and uh, one of the conversations we were having in relation to uh, the workshop was tough customers, tough situations. Now we're talking about how in sales in particular, whether it be a sales individual contributor or certainly a sales leader, part of being successful is learning to deal with tough customers and tough situations, difficult customers. It's actually unavoidable. And I was actually recounting a story many years ago when I was at Optus, and I'm thinking this is probably 2007, maybe 2007, early 2008, I remember driving home, it was a Friday night, and I know exactly where I was in relation to uh, the position of the on the freeway. I was literally about to get off near my home, off the, off the freeway, and the phone rang. And on the other end of the phone was the brand new chief information officer of one of my key customers. Now, I was not the account manager at that time. I had two people running that account, but uh, the CIO decided to ring me and decided and proceeded to tear strips off me because we were uh, we were supposed to be installing some significant infrastructure into one of their key sites and uh, come Friday afternoon, I think it was about 5.30, this phone call came through. There had been little or no progress. So a, a long story short, the conversation went along the lines of if we do not have this site switched on by Sunday night at 6 o'clock, He'll be tearing up the contract, and this was a multi-million dollar contract. So suffice to say, it meant that, uh, well, my uh, at the time, my weekend was ruined. There was a lot of work that had to be done. We had to rally a lot of resources to get some things done. We actually created a miracle, got things done, uh, and eventually sat down and had a conversation with him because at that stage, I had not met him face-to-face. So myself and my uh, sales general manager went in and couple of weeks later and had a conversation with him just to find out what was going on and what, what caused it, do a bit of a um, bit of a review on what actually happened. And uh, it was a really, really interesting conversation. And fast forward a few years, he actually became a pretty good advocate of, uh, of us and uh, actually actually asked me to be a referee on a particular uh, for a particular role he was going for and uh, he ended up getting the role which was which was all good. But our very first interaction did not augur well for a long term positive relationship because of the way that he was dealing with me. Now, was it my fault that we hadn't actually delivered some infrastructure? Well, no, it wasn't because I thought everything was under control and I'd been given assurances that everything was on track, but I still took responsibility for it anyway. But part of today's conversation, and this is what I was alluding to this morning when I was talking to the team, is that you're going to have some tough 
difficult conversations with people and certainly with customers, and they're not necessarily going to be seeing uh, things through fact-based eyes. They're going to be seeing things often through emotional type of eyes. So one of the things we need to get really good at and receptive to is, you know what, people are not going to necessarily see reason. What they're going to do is be quite biased and they're going to try and make things a little bit bigger than perhaps they actually are. So what are some of the reasons, therefore, as to why customers may be difficult? And this is really the starting point, seeking to understand in terms of what might, what might be causing this particular customer or this particular individual to be difficult. Uh, and we always need to, and I always talk about this, seek to understand first before trying to be understood. So there could be a whole host of reasons. It could be that they're tired. It might be that they're frustrated. They may actually be confused. Uh, they may also be in this case, and I know this was a fact because I had a conversation with the CAO a few months later, and he, he, without saying it was ego-driven, uh, he was saying that it was ego-driven. So he was coming in and he wanted to make a really strong impression and stamp his authority on the organization, and he felt one of the best ways to do that was to show them how powerful he was and show the organization that I was working for at the time as to who was boss. And so it was, uh, it, was, it was quite ego-driven. You could have people who are quite overwhelmed or you might have people who have never been in a similar situation before so they don't, don't know how to handle it. You may have people who feel as if they've been ignored in the past or they feel as if nobody's actually listened to them or taken them seriously. They may have even had some experience in the past where they've been treated poorly and therefore they become on the offensive the next time they try to interact with that organization. Or it might be as simple as they simply don't know what is happening, so instead of seek, them seeking to understand, they go on the offensive because it might be expected that they should know what's going on, but instead of actually saying that, that I don't know what's happening, they might actually go on the uh, on the attack, and that's, that's sometimes what happens. And it's very easy for me to sit here, and this is what I said to the team this morning, it's very easy to sit there and say, hey, don't take it personally. But uh, very often when people are getting heated, when emotions are running high, it's, uh, it's quite easy to take it, take, it, uh, take it personally because your emotions are starting to Im be impacted as well. So if we sit back and think about this, what is it that challenging customers and difficult customers actually want? Well, often is that they want to speak to someone. Now, I'm not sure about you, but if you ever tried to purchase tickets from one of the current uh, ticket providers, and I'm talking from a uh, perspective of Australia here, we've got two key uh, ticket providers, and uh, as, last, as, as early as the last couple of weeks trying to buy football tickets for the AFL finals, uh, you cannot talk to anyone. It is all online. So what do people want? They actually want to be able to speak to someone. And what they want is the person they're speaking to to be able to action their request. And if you cannot get through to somebody, to a human being, that can cause no end of frustration. I know I've got two hands in the air. I have been significantly frustrated with some experiences over the last couple of weeks. And the fact that you cannot talk to a human being, it just exacerbates that level of frustration. The other thing that people want is they want to be heard and they want to know that they've actually been heard and to be taken seriously. Now, irrespective of how much of a story they create or how much of a backstory or how much emotion they put in or how much they embellish a particular situation, they simply want to be taken seriously, but they also want to be treated with respect. And at the end of the day, when it's, when it's all said and done, putting everything else aside, what do they really want? They actually want a solution to any problem that they might have. And so when you think about this, this is something that sales leaders and sales teams have to grapple with pretty much all the time. And we have to get good at detaching ourselves from the outcome, disassociating from the actual issue itself, uh, being able to manage our own emotions and therefore being able to 
help a particular customer in a particular situation get an outcome that is hopefully going to be win-win. And if we can't happen to create a solution right there and then, at least we're going to start some planting of seeds that will enable a solution to be created. Uh, and the, the key thing about that is to make sure that we are continuing to be in contact with them and keep them up to date. So when it comes to dealing with some of these difficult conversations, difficult customers, tough situations, there's two key strategies I want to talk about. And this is what I shared with the team today is being able to put in place a couple of things to diffuse the negative emotion that might be coming from that customer because they're going to be biased. They're going to be making something bigger than it probably is. And we as professionals, as sales leaders, as sales individuals need to be able to do two things. One is to diffuse the situation. And the second thing is to take the heat out of the situation. Now, these two strategies are fairly uh, fairly common sense based, uh, but also pretty pretty easy to overlook because sometimes people look at them and think, oh, that's, that's too easy. I'm not going to do that. But they are really effective. And whether you use both of them or whether you use one of them based on the situation, by all means, use discretion. But the key thing is always look at what is the outcome we're trying to drive. Uh, are we looking to create an impression of increase on that customer so they feel better having had the conversation with you? And as we, particularly as leaders, are we prepared to put our hands up and take responsibility for what is happening in front of us so at least we can start planting the seeds and continuing to be there for the customer? And remember, sometimes it's just, you know, we just have to be the person who's receiving the venting and that's okay. Uh, probably if that's the case, it's about taking the heat out of the situation. And as, as I look back on the conversation I had with the CIO many years ago, it's the taking the heat out of the situation that I think that I did really well, but I didn't know I was doing it at the time. Uh, I managed to listen intently, managed to let him finish everything that he wanted to say because my natural inclination was to get on the defensive, first of all, because he was making some comments and accusations which I thought was unfair at the time. But then I really wanted to get on the offensive and uh, point, point some fingers and shine some lights on some areas within his own business that perhaps he needed to be aware of especially as a brand new executive. But uh, I bit my tongue and thank God I did because in the end it all worked out pretty well. But uh, I'm glad I used a strategy such as the one I'm going to share with you today because it made it, it made it a lot easier to get the outcome that we were looking for. So the first, the first thing I wanted to talk about is diffusing the situation. And within this, there's three key areas to think about. One is we've got to be able to manage our own emotions. And it's very easy to say, but I'll say it anyway. It's when you are in a situation where somebody is yelling at you uh, accusing you of doing things, they're not happy, uh, dissatisfied, everything else that goes with that. It's easier to say, hey, don't take it personally. Now, it's easier to say because if you're not in the moment at that particular time, it's really easy, oh, just don't take it personally. Well, what happens is when people are stressed, their emotions start to get higher and sometimes they'll say things that perhaps they wouldn't normally say. When that happens, as the receiver of that, it's very easy to get caught up in that emotion and you can find your own levels of emotion starting to increase. So one of the key strategies around managing your own emotions is to prevent a level of stress. Now, I've talked a lot about distress versus eustress. Eustress is positive stress. Distress is the stress we need to try and avoid. And this is where anxiety comes in and sometimes depression, anger, etc., etc. So one of the best ways to manage the emotions is to simply relax and breathe deeply and, and create silence. Now, silence can be quite uncomfortable, particularly when you have somebody in front of you who might be yelling. But uh, if you can create little pockets of silence and manage your breathing, it's amazing how quickly you can calm yourself down and therefore give yourself an opportunity of responding accordingly. And sometimes it might be through that process, something that people are saying to you might 
trigger some intense or negative emotions. It could be anger, for example. So what we have to think about is, is what is the best behavior that I want to demonstrate? What is the model of excellent behavior that I want to put in place? How do I remain calm? How do I remain polite? How do I remain helpful? And what will happen is, in many cases, the customer of a person should follow suit. The other element to this, of course, is to respond in a more logical fashion and understand that, you know what, even though emotions might be going high, think logically before you respond and try to make sure that any response you put out is is logical, is practical, is not tainted or too tainted with emotion. So that's the first part of three steps, manage your emotion. The second one is manage their emotion. Now, this is an interesting one because it's almost counterintuitive because we know you can't manage somebody else's emotions. But what we can do is we can start to influence their emotions. And this is where strong interpersonal and communication skills comes into it. So it's about being active. It's about empathizing with the individual. It's not understanding where they're coming from. It's appreciating where they're coming from. Again, focusing on the facts and not the emotion, but being assertive in terms of how you're dealing with them, creating the space for them to share what it is they need to share, but not showing that you are negatively impacted or emotionally impacted by what they're saying. Continuing to act in a pragmatic way and not buying into their level of emotion. Because many people, what they're looking for is they're looking for an emotional response. Now, if you give them something other than an emotional response, then it forces them to do something different. And what it does, it actually forces them to change their own behavior and in many cases, change their own emotion. And then the third step is to manage the issue. And this is where we're focusing on the solution and solving the actual issue. Now, customers, as we know, often have big expectations and sometimes these expectations are unwarranted and they're huge, right? And we need to actually put things into perspective and the way we do that is by asking questions but actively listening. It's then targeting the key points that they make and continue to investigate through asking more questions but verifying what their needs are and then energizing your response, keeping it practical, keeping it based on facts, not based on emotion. So if you can diffuse the situation by first of all managing your emotion and making sure that it's not personal, then managing their emotions through using your interpersonal communication skills and creating space for them to share, and then managing the issue by focusing on the facts and being practical with what the solution is going to be, then in many cases you'll be able to diffuse that situation relatively uh, quickly and hopefully to the satisfaction of both parties. Now the second strategy is taking the heat out of the situation and heat actually is an acronym H-E-A-T and H stands for hear the person out. Now this is a really interesting one. This is what most people do when they've got a really uh, difficult customer or a challenging customer in front of them. They don't create space for that person to share what it is they need to share and they are almost compelled to interject, to challenge, to disagree, to talk over them. One of the one of the worst ways to actually handle a difficult customer is to talk over somebody or dispel somebody or be aggressive to somebody. By using heat and first of all by hearing the person out, it actually calms the person down. Now, this is one thing we never say to somebody who is in a foul mood or is arguing or has a real issue. We never ever say please calm down. Now that is like a red rag to a bull. What we do though is we actually listen and we do not interrupt. We create the space for that person to get out what they need to get out. Because when you think about it, if somebody is in a really foul mood, if somebody is incensed or if they're angry, there's this buildup of energy inside the person's body and it's almost like a volcano just waiting to explode. If we're the ones interrupting them, there's no way for that anger to come out. So one of the best things to do is to create the space and be present with that person and allow them 
to say what it is that they need to say without us actually saying anything. Now, we might actually check some facts. We might actually ask them, oh, what else? Tell me more, things like that. But creating a space and remaining calm, and this is why we need to go back to the first strategy in managing our own emotions, what you'll naturally find is when somebody is actually sharing something, the more they speak and the more they're allowed to speak, what they'll naturally do is start to reduce their own level of uh, energy and their own body temperature will start to regulate to the point where we can now get to a stage where we can have a more reasonable conversation and hopefully a more practical conversation. So the first part of this is uh, as H is hear the person out. Please hear them out. The second part is, is the E, which is empathize. Empathizing with the person. So communicating that you've identified how they feel, what the anger is, what the frustration is, empathizing with them in terms of appreciating where they're coming from. One of the things I share with a lot of teams is never actually use the word I understand unless you actually understand. Because when many many people are taught to show empathy, they're almost taught to use the word I understand. So I understand where you're coming from. I understand how that could be a problem. Now, how think about how that could come across. If somebody said to you, I understand where you're coming from or I understand how that can be a problem, you could quite easily turn around and say, well, that's not actually correct. There's no way you can understand and it could come across as being either patronizing or condescending. So be very careful of using the word I understand. Instead of the word understand, I like to use the word I appreciate. I appreciate where you're coming from or I appreciate how that might be a challenge. So doing that and using that sort of a word enables us to empathize with the person so we can start to see things through their eyes. When we can do that, we can then go to the third step, which is the A, act. And this is acting to resolve the situation. And this is where we're starting to focus purely on the solution and using the facts of the situation so that we can create a solution, which is win-win. And making sure, therefore, as part of that, there'll be a plan that's developed and hopefully agreement that is therefore obtained. And then the final part is the T, and this is one of the most important ones. And T stands for taking responsibility. And this is something that can be very frustrating, particularly if you're on the receiving end of a person or an organization that is refusing to take responsibility. And an example of this would be, hey, this is not my role. This is another department. I'm not, I'm not paid enough for this or whatever the case might be. Taking responsibility says to the customer that, you know what, we are in good hands and we will work this through so we can get to an outcome. So it's about taking ownership of the situation and then being practical and leaving them with a positive increase. Now, what I noticed and what I reflected on with this particular CIO all those years ago is I used this formula, but I actually didn't know that I was doing it. Uh, once, once he had let all of the anger out and he had enabled him to uh, grandstand in front of his people because I, I found out later that he had about four or five people in the office when he was making the phone call. And that's probably why he embellished what he did. Uh, anyway, that's another story entirely. But uh, what I did is I listened to him and I heard him out. I empathized with him, but then I got to action. I started putting actions together, rallied the troops, managed to get things done. But ultimately, I took responsibility. So throughout the entire weekend, I was in contact with him probably every two to three hours and uh, right through to the conclusion, which meant that at the end of the day, we got the solution in. And as I said, we ended up developing a pretty good relationship moving forward, even though it may have started out on some pretty shaky ground. But uh, even though it wasn't a uh, wasn't a great experience at the time because I effectively lost an entire weekend, uh, it was a lesson that I now refer to and took some great takeaways that not only helped me become more effective in dealing with some difficult customers moving forward, has also enabled me to help others do exactly the same thing. Because one thing, as I said at the outset, we can't avoid is we cannot avoid difficult and tough situations because it's just part and parcel of 
uh, well, not just the sales game, it's actually part and parcel of life. So uh, if you go through life expecting everything to be rosy, then uh, you're not trying hard enough. So I trust that message as we wrap up this week uh, resonates with you and hits you in the right spot. Uh, because if you haven't had some difficult conversations this week, then maybe we haven't been pushing the envelope fast enough or far enough. So uh, with that said, as we wrap up for the week, I am searching for the next ideal sales leader to work with and help become an exceptional sales leader. If that is you, and you are committed to your professional development, but also committed to helping your team become exceptional in driving those results that become sustainable, but also replicable, then I'd love to have a conversation with you about working one-on-one over the next three months. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation, map out a plan, and get started on execution ASAP. So very much look forward to that conversation. Thanks once again for plugging into the podcast. Trust you have a phenomenal weekend and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com And let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.